Will you pray with me? Jesus, your welcome, your hospitality, your love, your redemption, you are our shepherd. So shepherd us right now in this moment that our ears may be open to hear and our hearts ready to believe and our whole being ready to be yours now and forever. We ask this in your name. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus received sinners and welcomed them to a meal. You may not have thought much about that as, we, as you heard the gospel from Luke. Probably just kind of, you know, one more thing and then the next thing. But the people who saw it for the first time were really taken back by the fact that Jesus, in fact, would receive sinners. And he did eat with them. Well, why would this cause such a huge negative reaction when in us, it's no big, no big deal? What's, what's their problem? We very much appreciate the fact that Jesus welcomes people with a past. You know, people who've been caught lying just to get ahead, get their way, get out of trouble. You know, people who've made a mess of relationships, even to the point of being estranged from their own children, former spouses, friends, people who've had a season of going wild and getting caught repeatedly, and because of that, now have a past that they'd like to keep in the past with shameful secrets that they would not like to be brought forward, but still haunts them. Yes, we, we very much appreciate that Jesus welcomes messy people who are messed up because in our own way, we are them. But this welcome of Jesus to a meal is so much more than just, hey, will you come over tonight? We're grilling up steaks and I would love to have you there. It's so much more than just the fact that you're eating with Jesus. But it was a public declaration that this person is now welcome and acceptable to God Himself. That this person, no matter who they are or what they've done, are wanted in the family of God as is. And that they are loved. And that they are now in. Well, you can begin to see why this would be a little bit offensive. And it would rub people wrong because, well, not everybody deserves such a welcome, right? I mean, come on. Not everybody, especially really bad people. And, and so we begin to understand the grumbler's question. Why would Jesus do that? Why? Especially, you know, we expect sinners to change over time. There should be some improvement in the life patterns of people and in their character, you know, come as you are, certainly, but don't leave as you came. I mean, imagine if someone like a, a Zacchaeus that Jesus found up in a tree. I'm going to your house, Zacchaeus. We're going to eat. Yeah, there was a lot of grumbling when, when Jesus went to his house. And 
perhaps not for Zacchaeus, but others, Jesus would make it very clear that I have come for the sick and not the healthy. Imagine, though, going to Zacchaeus' house and giving this public declaration that Zacchaeus is completely welcome in the family of God as is if he stayed as is. And he continued to cheat his fellow citizens out of their hard-earned money. And then he just lived with a callous indifference to the plight of people and just simply was about accumulating wealth for himself. It doesn't sound right at all, even in our ears. Or take uh, the woman caught in adultery. Now, this will really put the welcome of Jesus under a microscope. It will really put his reception and seal of approval to the test. Because if Jesus is going to welcome this woman, he will be declaring that she is completely welcome as is, and she is not, well, right with God. Even even our own conscience bears witness that adultery is wrong. But it was more than just our own conscience. It's codified. It's in the law, the holy law of God. If Jesus is going to welcome this woman and be the one to declare that from God she is acceptable, he's at odds with the very words that God has spoken. How can he do that? Of course, you know that he didn't just welcome her. But he welcomed all who were going to pick up a stone and throw at her. He welcomed them to come. Yes, this woman should be stoned. Let's do this. All right, pick up your stones, get in line, and here's the order. The person who is without sin gets to throw the first stone. And standing there in the presence of Jesus, everyone's heart was convicted as they thought about what I have done what I have failed to do. And every stone was released onto the ground, but there still is one who could throw a stone, and that's Jesus himself. And not only could he throw a stone by all rights, he should. For that is what God has declared in his holy law. But Jesus didn't throw a stone. And so he places himself at odds with the law of God. But the reason that he could for a time not pick up that stone is because more than stones would be coming his way. The hammer of God's law would pound nails into his wrists and his feet, a crown of nails that Jesus would bear this woman's sin and the man or the men who were with her and yours and mine. Jesus welcomes sinners and eats with them. And yet, we still find within our own conscience that if this woman were to leave the welcome of Jesus that she received, and to leave this this freedom from her guilt and her shame, and just went on to expand her adult entertainment business, we'd have a problem with that, right? It's like, wow, that is wrong. And so we find the grumbler's question remains, does Jesus eat with sinners keep on sinning? Does he welcome repeat offenders? Especially when you look at some more contemporary examples. Say, take a young person, a young woman who's grown up in a very conservative church, maybe not Lutheran, but a Bible-believing church, 
And, and, and she grows up and she decides, you know what? I don't believe what my church teaches. I don't believe that Jesus can be the only way to heaven, all right? I mean, there's so many other options out there. And I certainly don't believe my church's very conservative stance on, you know, personal issues and orientation issues and just the social issues. I think this is how life ought to be. And she just completely denies everything that she grew up in. Does she have the welcome of Jesus as she believes she's not wrong at all? What about a middle-aged guy, someone more my age, you know, and he's a good guy. You know, yeah, he, he holds all kinds of boards and positions in his local congregation. And he shows up to worship every week. He puts some nice tithes in the offering plate. But he's got this other thing going on with him. You see, he's got this addiction that he's never really dealt with. And you can pick the addiction. It really, in the end, doesn't matter before God. It's, it's there. It's not being dealt with. Does he have the welcome of God? One more. Let's, let's try a retiree. Yeah. But this particular retiree is so contentious, so ready for a fight, so bitter through and through on the inside, that, that just ready for a fight when it comes to politics or religion or whatever that person happened to see in the paper that day that just rubbed them wrong. And they are there and ready to tell everyone why they're wrong and why they're right, and they feel no reason to ever change. Why? I'm right. Does this person have a welcome? Well, if you're ready for the answer, you got your pencil out, you want to write this down, it's one word. Yes. Yes. And if that begins to create a grumble inside of your head, keep in mind that if Jesus is going to eat with anyone, if he's going to receive anyone, that they will have to be a sinner, even a repeat sinner, because there are no other kinds of people on this earth to welcome or to eat with. And if anyone thinks that that's not right, you have a profound sense of a lack of self-awareness of your own sins. And so we find here that God has always been welcoming such people. Even a quick survey of the Bible, you'll find, you know, God has welcomed murderers like Moses and um, cheats, deceivers like Jacob who lied to his own father. Uh, Jesus deniers, like Peter, and, well, adulterers, and he also killed somebody, uh, King David. There's all kinds of messy and messed up people in the Bible that God has welcomed because you are either saved by grace or you're not saved at all. You either have received as a gift, undeservedly, by the work of the Holy Spirit into your heart, this gift that believes that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am foremost, or, oops, I didn't get all in there, okay, or you believe like most people. You, you're, you, you have a, a most people kind of faith, and that most people believe in general that they're not perfect, but they're not that bad, and that their efforts count for something. You know, it especially should count towards the welcome and the reception of Jesus. And, and the, then 
there are really kind of two categories of Christians. There's like the normal kind of sinner Christian that could come to a church and be welcomed. And then there's like this other category. They're kind of like beyond, you know, they shouldn't be welcomed. You know, they're, they're too much for Jesus. And, and so we find ourselves then at this question, if Jesus is going to welcome sinners, what about the change that comes? Doesn't there have to be some kind of life that, that is transformed by him? I mean, look at Zacchaeus. I mean, he didn't keep on cheating people, right? And as far as we know, the woman caught in adultery left that life of sin behind. If she didn't, then we have many other examples in Scripture where they did. And it's certainly Paul who described himself as the foremost of sinners was a very different kind of person having encountered the love and the grace, the welcome of Jesus. So where does the change come in? And, and how and what does it play into the welcome and the reception of Jesus? Well, it is true that, you know, there was change, but in Zacchaeus and, and the woman and, and um, Paul, but even so, their personal lives, their financial lives, their sexual lives, their religious lives, were still not always and quite right with God on their own. But the big change for them came when they're not alone anymore. They're with Jesus in this ongoing interactive life with Jesus where His Word is heard, and even when that word is confrontation, admonishment, correction, even when it's confrontation like Paul received on the way to Damascus, why are you persecuting me? The difference is that now a person believes the words of Jesus are absolutely right and true. Whereas Paul before did not, but now... He does. The woman caught in adultery didn't know, but now she does. And, and, and you and I, we're with Jesus. We hear his word, even his word of correction and even condemnation. And the spirit within us has been given life to believe that you are right. You're absolutely right, Jesus. Lead me, as Ezekiel talked about, that you, you yourself, would be our shepherd and would lead us. Now, there's one other aspect to this whole uh, welcome and reception of Jesus that is easily, easily overlooked. And that, yeah, there is a change that comes from being with Jesus, and it's because of the welcome. But there's one more thing that I want you to see, and that the one sheep is restored to the 99. The one lost coin is, is the big search. There it is. And it's restored to the other nine to make a complete set of ten. And that this welcome and reception of Jesus to you and me is never meant to be simply a table for two, you and Jesus, but is a table spread for all of his beloved. And this is where it gets very practical. It's like, oh, okay. Like here at Ascension, every one of us has been placed in this congregation 
on purpose and for the purpose of learning how to be God's people, to care for one another, even when there's so much to grumble about, even when there's so many people you could just pick up a stone and ready to throw, even when there's so much that's just not right, these repeat sinners over here. This is a congregation, as is all, of repeat offenders, people who are messy and messed up. And here, we are learning from Jesus how to love one another, how to give the forgiveness and the grace that we ourselves received, and even giving it to the undeserving, because that is what we all are. The difference then that we have now is that we hear these words of Jesus, and we're led by them. We're we're led by them to care for one another. We're led by them to love one another, having first been loved by our Good Shepherd. Amen.